Uh-huh. So Mark has been the girly SWAT and uh, and has already done his. So if, <laughs> so you're you're going to get a right beating at playtime now. Normally <laughs> I'm the one that, that has to go, I'm really sorry, I didn't get time. <laughs> but, but that's his champion's heritage showing through. He's going, well, character generation, this is going to take at least a day <laughs> better get a start. It's, it's still not quite as bad as Aftermath, where you, you spend three days making a character and about three minutes playing them as they get uh, shoehorned <laughs> by you know, a rat or something. Hello and welcome to the 12th episode of the Frankenstein's RPG podcast. Thank you again for your support and for downloading us. Please do keep the feedback coming, even if it is just uh, the odd rage tweet. <laughs> uh, just uh, we've had a couple of uh, a couple of reviews, uh, which is wonderful, uh, on um, uh, at iTunes. This one from at Drew BK. Great listening. This is a pretty geeky podcast for fans of RPGs in-depth discussion and debate of different aspects of RPGs. The host and guests are very knowledgeable and humorous. Definitely recommended. Well, I, I, I can agree with all of that, except for the knowledgeable and humorous bits. <laughs> the other one came from Lichway Ed, and uh, this is a lovely review, I think. This really shouldn't work as a podcast. You could always leave it there, I guess. Uh, role-playing games rules are dull. They're the least interesting part of any RPG. They're either too complex, too simple, or just get in the way of having fun, whilst you wait for someone to find the rules for how a fireball works. Conceptually, this should be as interesting as listening to four friends discussing the instruction manuals for different brands of coffee machines. <laughs> but it's not. Probably like all the best podcasts, the joy and enthusiasm of the participants make this a real pleasure to listen to contributors are genuinely arguing the case for their favourite rules and the host and traveller RPG fanboy Dave adds humour and a sense of direction. The whole thing also feels like a massive extended surreal joke. <laughs> and again, thank you very much indeed, Lichweird. I, uh, I entire, entirely agree. So, uh, this episode uh, looks at character generation and in a little bit of depth um, as to how magic and skills might work. So we change a few things on the hoof and without a vote, which seems wrong uh, somehow. Uh, sorry. But it felt so right at the time. This time I'm joined by the players who have signed up to play this at uh, Grogmeet on Friday, the 12th of November in Manchester. So watch out for planets aligning. Uh, it's a face-to-face -face convention with actual people and actual dice. I know. Organised by uh, uh, Dirk the Dice and uh, Judge Blythe from the Grognar Files. Really, really looking forward to it. Our guests today are Mark, Mark, Mike, Matt and Neil. Try saying that quickly. Uh, I'll let them introduce themselves. A truly wonderful panel and I think we'll make a great game of it too. So, tradition obliges me to give you the usual warning to Traveller fans. They really are just jokes. 
uh, and any outright hostility expressed for other games I am not in any way responsible for, except the ones about 13th age. So, uh, for those new to us, what's it all about? Well, each episode we get a group of grognards together to look at the very best elements of role-playing games on a given theme or subject. We debate a bit and waffle a lot more around the topic, and then vote on which games will contribute to our creation, the Frankenstein's monster of a game. Well, that's a normal episode, but this one's a little bit different. We've kept in the waffly bits, we've kept in the uh, the shouty bits, uh, but we haven't taken any votes. So please do look through our back catalogue for the normal episodes. <laughs> normal. The idea is that once we've constructed this devilish entity, we will then play it and see if it all hangs together or indeed falls hopelessly apart at the seams. And we're very, very close to playing it. Five more sleeps. Anyway, thanks for all the participation via Twitter and I hope you enjoy it as we again embark on this, the most odd of creative exercises. Good. <clears throat> so all, all I will do is, is just sort of um, ask everybody to introduce themselves and make some sort of factuous comment. Uh, th there isn't any need to be funny, but, you know, please do take every opportunity you can. Anyway, so if, if I could just, uh, I'll just ask everybody to introduce themselves, if that's, that's all right, and then I'll... Uh, and then I'll crack on. I won't do any particular order, mm. um, but I'll do sort of like celebrity squares uh, around <laughs> around me. I'll be Pat Coombs. <laughs> well, <laughs> so anyway, uh, welcome everyone to uh, Frankenstein's RPG: The Character Generation <laughs> Years. Woohoo! Three. In, in fact, this could be the Character Generation <laughs> game. <laughs> oh my lord! <laughs> now on the conveyor belt, cuddly to If I can, uh, <laughs> I'm joined. I'm joined by uh, five complete suckers uh, who rather foolishly signed up to play this at uh, Grogmeat. Firstly, thank you very much indeed for doing that, and and secondly, uh, you do all realise it's a play test and therefore uh, bound to fail dismally. But hopefully, we'll have a laugh doing it. So uh, if I could just ask you to introduce yourself, probably easiest is sort of you know, Twitter handle, how can people then abuse you online? Uh, so uh, Mr. Willoughby, Mark, would you? Uh, hello, I'm Mark at Willoughby Wright on Twitter, and I take no responsibility for anything that follows. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Traveller fan. Uh, well, the other Mark, perhaps, Mark, if you could introduce yourself, please. Yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm the other Mark, Mark 2, like an escort or whatever. Um, not that sort of escort, obviously. <laughs> Unless the money's two. right. <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm the GM from the uh, Champions podcast and the yeah, on Twitter. I just go under the Champions RPG handle. So. It's, uh, it's like Pretty Woman, the podcast. <laughs> yeah, only not so pretty. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, I'm not saying that. Uh, Neil, would you mind introducing yourself, please? Yeah, I'm, I'm Neil uh, at Old Scouser RP at um, Twitter because it won't allow me to put role playing because it's too long. Mm. Bastards. Um, and uh, I also known as Old Scouse Git, uh, I guess. Um, and I've got a blog, OldScouserRoleplaying.com. Uh, yeah, and. And I take uh, 
no responsibility for anything, let alone what follows after this. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Thank you. Uh, Mike. So, so at the very, the very, very basic level, it's, it's magic that could happen. Yeah. So let's say, for example, um, actually a, a really good example, I think was when, when played on Maelstrom online and, uh, and one of the players, uh, Matt actually clown fist Matt, he, uh, cast a spell that, um, frightened a covey of birds and they flew up and, uh, made this horse. Uh, sort of uh, start in surprise and, and through its rider, and I thought that you know that's that's a really really good sort of, and it's something that could happen. It's not unlikely to happen, you know, a little bit out of the ordinary. But I'd say so that would be a level eight challenge, and then you go up in gradations of two, sort of following the same way that the skill test does. So a level ten magic challenge would be um, something that's unlikely to happen. So uh, let's say. Um, somebody walking along on a on a wooden floor trips over and falls and you know smashes something in their hands. It's unlikely to happen. It's not you know it's not beyond the realms of possibility. But the floor is smooth. You know, no, right the way up to you know what would essentially be then a a level uh, eight, ten, twelve, fourteen, sixteen challenge. Notice I have to use my fingers. To... <laughs> God, I'm a good GM. Mm -hmm. uh, a level 16 skill test is something that is so out of the ordinary, it's almost impossible. Summoning, I don't know, summoning some entity uh, to to fight for you or, you know, teleporting. It's just so far beyond the realms of possibility. But this is when having that skill development and the skill bonuses adding on means that that 16 target number becomes a little bit more achievable. It's not going to be achievable when you're at very, very low level. So the sorts of things you're going to be trying to do are things that are really, okay, well, you know, there's a, there's a really, really slim chance of it happening, but I'm not going to teleport that chicken from over there to, you know, on top of the church roof or anything. That's just not going to happen. But it could be, you know, the, uh, the coop, with a load of chickens in it, falls off, smashes, and they all escape and run and mock all over the place. You know, we'll, but we'll have to sort of as a group decide what that challenge level is. Yeah? Mm -hmm. There are other ways that you can mitigate that. So you do have, for example, drama points. And what I'll do is I'll send everybody a crib sheet show you, so you know how to use those sorts of things. So you've got five drama points, and you can either add to roles or you can add to somebody else's role or you can make a success out of a failure and that sort of thing. Okay, so that's kind of how magic works. So what I'm envisaging is when you first start out, it's not going to be you have one spell. And once you've cast that spell, you don't have it for another rest of the day. If you have a critical failure, I'll use the MERP spell failure critical table just to see how that works which could be quite good fun uh and uh so that that might be something bearing mind. and i don't mind and i have no i i think because we want this to be a fantasy world and because one of the essence of it being a fantasy world is there is magic in the world why would you not have everybody have access to it mm. that makes sense matt you're going to say so yeah that, that, that sounds great Dan. i was wondering are you going to do any kind of thematic 
what you call it, um, subdivisions of magic as to who can access various bits. So, you know, for example, the druid might do the kind of life nature stuff and yeah. whatever else. I mean, I just think about mage and ours magic as we put in the chat. Mm. So, so I, I, th I think the way that it will sort of work is, is it, first of all, you have to actually say what the spell is that you're casting or you have to use some sort of language for it. So, and that was really, that was a bit of a nod to the Leoness type of, you know, the spell names being being something that's important. That, but that's really, that's just, you know, that's just really trying to you know, have, a, have introduce a bit more sort of levity into it if, if you need to. I'd kind of thought about, I, I mean, I guess if you, I guess the only gradations that they're going to have, you're going to have in terms of spells is if you want to, if you separated it out from everything is magic and anybody could use magic, is it that you're going to have more of a leaning to it? I guess what you could do is you could say that you have a certain, a certain sort of affinity and maybe that gives you a bonus. Mm. But I wanted to talk, get, get away from levels a little bit. So how how that might work, I don't, I'm not really sure. But yeah, I mean, you could just say as a as a general rule, if somebody's got a, like a, a concept, like Mark said, a druid, so that's yeah. that's a spellcaster, and then and then any spells have to be kind of thematic yeah. to, to that, and that, and that's all you'd need to do. So you yeah. wouldn't you wouldn't have like necromancy, you know, uh, spells. Mm. Uh, unless he was an evil druid, perhaps, in which case it would make perfect sense. Yeah, that's that's how I feel about it. I think like how fate has a has a skill, wouldn't it? Have as you say, sort of um, druid magic yeah. or, or yeah, fire magic. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. I, I, th I think that is I think that is a good idea actually. Yeah, and, and maybe or maybe what you could do is you could you could look at it the other way and say, if you uh, if you don't follow something that the rest of the group says is druid magic, for example, then maybe you get a penalty. Or you might have to roll sort of you know, so at the moment you'd roll a law roll and then a magic roll the law roll is to remember how the spell goes and make sure you've got all the casting right and then the magic is actually connecting to what is essentially the maelstrom although clearly i'll have to name it something else mm. so you're just thinking there because what a game i'm just getting into at the moment is white hat mm. and that has a, a magic system which is about negotiation between um your your um your vocation, and there's, there's three things: your vocation, the effect of the spell. And what's the third? What's the third thing? Can't remember now. But uh, um, and so you could. So your vocation would be, you know, druid, and and um, and so you would say, it's like a table. I can send you the table, but it basically mm. has. Uh, it's a cost, so it, it affects your hit points. But you could easily convert it to this, this, uh, this scale. Yeah. And so so the closer if it's something simple and it's close to their vocation, then it's easier to do. If it's further away from their vocation and still simple, it's harder to do. Mm -hmm. And then if it's if it's a, like a, an impossible thing or a very difficult thing, you, you know, and so you're balancing, you're looking yeah. at those two. Maybe what you say is if it's if it's your vocation, mm -hmm. it's one skill level lower. Yeah, yeah. It might be a way of doing it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. All based on the theme of how you describe what you want to achieve. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So we'll see, we'll see how that goes in play. I think it could be quite fun. The only thing I'm a little bit conscious of is that uh, whilst I want magic to be, there to be lots of magic capable of being done, I don't want it to totally unbalance the game. Otherwise, why would anybody want to have any other skills? You just 
everything will be magic. But that is the reason why we've got the skill cap in. So, uh, so just uh, having a very quick look. We'll, we will have another look again uh, in a bit at, um, at the skill stuff. So, and will there be? Sorry, Dave. Just yeah. on that. I mean, yeah, yeah. there's not kind of spells that get cast and forgotten, like kind of advancing model. Will there be things like you know fatigue, so we kind of run out of, we get too knackered to cast spells or something. So this yeah. kind of stops you. As you say using it all the time which is a bit boring yeah 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 i think there probably will be some uh, you know uh, uh, because we're only playing the one scenario and i don't anticipate it going over in in game time for for more than a day i think the bits about um how how the magic sort of gets stopped i think it, we'll see how it goes in practice because i think it's going to be difficult enough to do really outrageous things mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, with this sort of system, I don't like the idea of having some sort of pool of points that you use up, um, it, which is just a way of replacing spell slots or you know, yeah. whatever system you want. As long as what the person who's using magic is doing is, with, unless there's a fair amount of risk, is the same as what you know another archetype can do yeah because you know the fighter doesn't go oh i've used me swings for the, for the day uh, <laughs> i just um but yeah it's but it's a fine balancing act isn't it it's yeah it, is. but it, it seems arbitrary an arbitrary way of trying to balance it when there's better ways of doing it yeah we have call back to D. &D. yeah i th you know i think the thing is if, if you if because the sort of the, the the basic spell of you know if you said magic missile or fireball or something like that you know where would that sit on a scale of one to five you know because it's not ordinary it's not mundane it's not sort of slightly unusual uh it's it's at least it's a level three but if you had a fire for example it could be i'm scooping yeah. the energy of that fire and, and essentially sort of gusting it into somebody well then is that is that likely unlikely very unlikely impossible you know yeah, it uh, might be a good balance might be to compare it to what a non-magic person could do with a skill yeah so if the magic yeah. missile was the equivalent of throwing a dagger at someone well it shouldn't be that you know the only bonus to that is, is that you 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 can't run out of daggers. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So it should be a little bit harder than throwing a dagger, but yeah. although, although fantastically, it's you know conjuring something out of nothing to hurt someone is quite yeah. fantastically. Um, yeah, but well, a, a magic missile it's hits where it's a dagger, at least in D and D. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if yeah, if it was a guaranteed hit, that's different. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and I, then it becomes it's more valuable then. Yeah, yeah, much. and and I think the other thing is, don't forget, you you got to make at least two rolls to be successful. So even though you might have, if you if you ended up putting sort of t hitting the 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 upper end of the of the bar in terms of how many points you can put into a skill, you know that you've still got to have two rolls in excess of eight if it's a very very basic spell, and that in itself brings that sort of possibility of success down. Yeah, so it does that, considerably actually. Yeah. yeah. And, and and therefore that becomes in that again in itself becomes uh you know another limitation on how mad you can go with magic. But and what I, are the two prongs? So it's 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 on the on the sheet it is a law roll. So that is your skill uh, and that's that's a wit skill. So it's yep. it's where you should be um so you roll whatever your wit score is plus your law score. 
Oh, right, okay. So, then you've got to try and beat eight on 2d6. And then the second roll is a magic roll. And you can see on the, on the character sheet, I've left in some of the, um, some of the previous uh, words. So, for example, this was liminal skill system, so it was science within liminal, so I've just changed that to magic. Uh, and it's a wits roll again, so it's wits plus magic, and then that's your second roll over eight. Awesome. I'm, 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 I hate to bring something like this in so late. Yeah. Do you think it would be better if if you've definitely got things, something that requires two rolls like this, yeah. that both of those skills don't rely on the same base statistic? Yeah, yeah. but the only thing is... You're either going to be really good or really bad at it. Do you know what no. I mean? Whereas if it's too different, you could be really good, really bad, or somewhere in the middle, depending on you. But but Especially but, but then then that that's that's where it's very very important where you spend your points in the first place. Mm. So we it, let's let's have a I, I hold that point if we can. Uh, so spread skills uh, amongst attributes. Cool. It is a great point. It's a very good point, and I did sort of you know think long and hard about it, but. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm not ignoring the point at all. <clears throat> I think it's absolutely valid. But I'm going to ignore it now. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I'm not. So, so, so you have these three archetypes, if we can, because we're, we're, I'm, I'm conscious that I'm, I'm stealing everybody's time on, uh, on bonfire night. So, uh, so you have these three archetypes. You've got warriors, you've got rogues, you've got spellcasters. Mm-hmm. And for each of those, they then have a dice structure, which I thought was ended up being quite a nice way of doing this. So with a warrior, for example, you roll 1d6, and that determines how many physical attribute points you have uh, to spend. 1d4 for social, and then 1d3 for mental. Um, then you go uh, for a rogue. It's 1d6 for social, 1d4 for physical, and 1d3 for mental. Whether we got those right, I don't know. Uh, for spellcasters, you've got one d six mental, one d four social, and one d three physical. Yep. So, and we'll, we'll we'll do this in just a second, or you can you can you can make your rolls now if you really wanted to. But then what you do is you, you um, well let's let's try it actually. So if you, if you wanted to have a go with your uh, on your characters, you've got individual tabs on there. Can you are you able to open those without? Yep. So if you if you if you have your dice, let's hear them clacking, <laughs> so to speak. So one one d six, one d four, one d three, d six. And you're oh. old school here, Dave. You just get the first result, is it? Uh, I think so. Yeah. I mean, if you if you if you roll one on your one d six today, I'd say roll it again. I'm not going to be. I want it to be at least fun. Thank you. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, so, so a, a D6, a D4, and a D3, and then obviously with your archetype, you'll then decide which of those goes into which. So, for example, for Matt, the mage, for your mage, you would be uh, D6 mental, D4 social, D3 physical. Neil, did you decide on warrior or thief yet? Or? I, I, yeah, I think I'll go warrior because we've got a couple of thief types, haven't we? So you're going to be more the sort of rangery I type, think. do you think? Uh, no, I think I'll go the because we got a druid, uh, we've got an, an out uh, balls to the wall warrior, we've got a uh, swashbuckling Mike's, thief, uh, piratical fop, uh, we've got Matt's uh, magic user, yeah, yeah, I think Pir- pyrotechnic. So 
Yeah. So do we want to do we want a cleric or do we want a, a thief or or does it matter? I guess. No, Is it doesn't it? matter. It really doesn't matter. Go. Um, I'm going to go a warrior. Yeah. Okay. I good. So for you then again, D6 physical, D4 uh, social, mm. D3 mental. Yeah, okay. I've got, I've got. So is everybody at every? And... I'm gone. I've uh, well, after after re-rolling my first six, I've rolled a six, a four, and a six. So I'm going to re-roll the second one in the interests of fairness. <laughs> <laughs> and get another six. You you min maxes. You uh, min maxes are all the same. So is that that's your that's your uh, D three. That's yeah? my D three. So that's a two. Two. Yeah, brilliant. Wait, okay. <laughs> I mean, I used an online thing for mine. I ended up with three, four, five. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So so all you need to do then is pop those in that box physical whatever it is four or five or whatever it was and um, then in the social box and then in the mental box and then what will happen is under that then what you'll see is there are three stats so within physical you've got stamina strength and dexterity in social you have charisma manipulation and appearance and then in mental you have perception intelligence and wits then what you can see from those scores and actually very occasionally i'm thinking there will just be an attribute role Mm-hmm. I guess um, most likely to be for things like um, I, I, I was trying to sort of talk my way through this the other day. Uh, it, it will be incredibly rare, but there may, may be a time where it's a sort of you're facing somebody who's extremely sort of skilled as an NPC, mm-hmm. and they're trying to um, absolutely manipulate you, and there isn't something you can use to sort of. Um, as a skill that would add to your role. So there may be occasionally attribute roles. So these will be fairly important, I guess. But then if you look at the list of the skills down below, then you've got stamina, for example, athletics is a stamina skill, as is survival. And then you have ranged and throwing weapons like uh, would be dexterity based, as is stealth. And then clearly you've got strength for melee and defense, which will be things like parrying and so on. Does that make sense? Okay, so so you place your points in the top, and it should total those up, and the totals in uh, in red should match the other ones. Mm-hmm. Okay. And there's a maximum of two. Then it says cap two. Absolutely, yeah. So there is a maximum cap of two, uh, two points being able to put into any of those uh, attributes. Is is there any um, restriction, like if you don't have at least one point? you get a penalty like in Traveller or anything like that. You No, you simply wouldn't be able to make the roll. You'd, you you'd have to get eight, eight entities. That. No, no, no you can make the roll. You can make the roll. You just don't well, have any just... bonus points. Yeah. Okay, great. great. Yeah. Okay. Again, a rule we may decide to change. Uh-huh. Allowing minuses to eight, you can't stick a minus one to get a point back for something else. Nah, you see, that's interesting because I did start mm. out with minuses and I got very, yes. very... Uh, shouted down on on exactly that what you can do though is you could you could on a two for one basis you could spend points in another category yeah but Um, but the bar is always two it's the That's right, it's Tittapigs, the new tabletop RPG podcast with Keith. You want to just clip that part out? My cat's rubbing on the mic, boom. And Scott. Much, 
Much like my 14-year-old son, we are discovering ourselves. Episode 1 has dropped, and the reviews are astounding. Much like us, you've got good voices and faces for radio. I like you two, but I don't know if that is marketable for a podcast. Listen to this pair of Anglophile deniers chatting about role-playing nonsense. And if listening to a couple of blithering idiots bitter on about RPGs might be your thing, then this will definitely hit the sweet spot. So, give Tinderpix RPG Podcast a listen today. You can find them on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, or wherever good podcasts are found. So when it comes to combat, ranged uh-huh. and melee, is it is it that, uh, like in some games, strength determines your melee skill and dexterity is ranged, or is it like in Barbarians of Lemuria, it's just like dexterity or agility for all attacks. Yeah. So, so for on the if you look at the skills at the underneath, mm-hmm. you've got ranged and throwing. That's dexterity influenced, and then you've oh, got right. melee, which is strength influenced. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, and then defense would be, you know, uh, I think it's going to be fairly broad brush. It, 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 this was the liminal skill, so the liminal skill was really just sort of. Um, was broad enough that what you actually it's in, in a, not a million miles away from the magic system really the idea being you know you've got a broad category that this skill will cover now how are you going to use it mm-hmm. it's not rigidly so you might for example say okay i uh I, you know i want to perform uh, a shot on the hoof you know, so I'm I'm running. My target is running, but I want to sort of you know, draw my BDI and anticipate where I'm going to hit him. So what I might say there is a combination of something like Dex plus Perception, perhaps, because you know you're having to do you're you're using your skill in a different way. Does that make sense? Or it'll yeah. be ranged plus Perception. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I, I have no issue with that at all. I quite like there's there's a few games that do that, don't they? Whether you can say, well, actually, you can do it in Call of Cthulhu, for example, with the skills. So you say, well, I'm not using mm. uh, my fast talk. I'm using persuade in this situation, and then you have to try and justify it. So uh, you know, and and that's good. You know, I like if if it's a bit more interpretive. I think that that will work quite nicely. Yeah, I don't know what the rule says because I can't, well, I, I just can't remember. But I, I listen to Red Moon Roleplay every now and again, and okay. they commonly use a system um where yeah to achieve a goal you use a combination of different elements so yeah skill or uh, an ability and, and yeah. the players themselves with the in, in, you know in conjunction with the gm decide what is a good combination based on the uh, so yeah very similar sort of thing. yeah and, I and, remember what the rules were yeah. <laughs> and, and well they they've they've definitely done um they've done i think some Cthulhu stuff, haven't they? Urban yeah, they, I mean they do lots of Savage yeah. Worlds and things like that as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I, 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 I really, really don't. You know, again, what, what, what? When we sort of started off with this, it was, I thought there were there were two or three people who really did encapsulate it, and one of them I thought who did it really, really well was Ian Cooper, where he said, you know, don't limit my ability to do cool things. You know, don't dampen my cool or whatever it was. You know, he said it in a significantly better way than me. But, um, you know, I, I, I want it to be, I, I was trying to think, you know, of situations where you'd you'd maybe interpret things a little bit differently, like like the fencing scene from The Princess Bride, for example. You know, you'd, you'd, you'd handle that in a different way than you just saying, okay, 
make a hit with your sword. You know, I'm dancing out of the way and I'm spinning my repost and, and it won't just be defence versus you know, attack. You know, we could do some different things with that. I'm doing acrobatics because I'm leaping and I'm hoping to sort of, you know, slash down as I'm leaping through. Yeah. So, has everybody put in their points for uh, for their characteristics? Yeah. Okay. So we've all got sort of a fairly good sort of spread of them or, or anybody particularly few points or? No, I mean, it's a kind of average mine. So physical one, social three, mm. mental four. So I think okay. viable for a... Spell yeah, mastery yeah. Quite, quite happy yeah. with mine. Yeah, yeah, good, good. Okay, I'm so static with mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to say that uh, that Mark did actually on Twitter. You posted it just so yeah. he wouldn't accuse you of. Uh, <laughs> uh, however, you are very good at manipulating PDFs. But there we are. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so what what should then happen is sort of fairly automatically is uh, you've got that. Uh, the skill boxes below that. So you've got physical skills, social skills, and mental skills. And what they've then done is they've taken those points from your characteristics and doubled them. Mm -hmm. So you therefore have, for example, in, in the, the original sort of character that I did where I was trying to do uh, a sort of a rogue type character, I had four points in physical skills. So I have uh, in uh, physical attributes rather. Mm -hmm. And now I have eight points to spend among seven different uh, physical skills. Hmm. Did, did you say to re-roll the result of one, actually? Because I got, yeah. one, of, I got if, one of my yeah, mentors. Yeah, we'll do that because, you know, I'd like it for it to be, you know, as, as much as we can, sort of fun. fun. Okay, that's better. Anything, Dave, or just your kind of main sort of class attribute? How do you mean, sorry? Sorry, so I got a one on physical, which is... Oh, yeah, yeah, come, roll, roll, yeah, roll that again, because, you know, whilst, okay. I, whilst I do... What I, what I wouldn't want to do is I, I wouldn't want to encourage a culture of sort of min-maxing, but but actually what I'd really like is the ability to be able to really sort of test test the skill. Mm. You, you should be able to do that if you only roll a one, but there we are. Mm. You've got to test the corner cases. Yeah. <laughs> um, just on, a, on reflection, so I because my mental was 1d3, uh -huh. and I got two, which is not a bad score on that really yeah. but then of course you get some you get faced with some difficult choices because you only yeah. end up with four points yep if you don't have one in law and one in magic yeah then i think i would say you can't use magic then yeah then you're essentially Ooh. saying you're declaring as a non-magic user at that point yeah yeah and and and, and actually the very last thing you just said there i think is very important because it, it is at that point the experience system will be one that you you would spend points on on additional skills and stuff so over mm -hmm. a period of time you could become used to it and be able to perform magic yeah mm -hmm. so, so does law have a use then beyond helping yeah. you cast a spell yeah so law is broadly speaking is going to be um you know how learned you are you know so it is uh, and I see it as being useful for things like uh, almost history roles, mm. things like that. Okay. Would I know about X? Mm. Maybe law. So where does education. that sit versus yeah. education? Uh, which is a very, very good question. Uh, ed education, I'm going to say, is probably more book learning, uh, whereas law is probably how much wisdom-y type stuff you've got. I'm not really explaining that very well, am I? 
Educa- education might be, you know, the the actual, yeah, the book learning type stuff, and law is more that sort of uh, ability to remember, maybe, rather than saying memory. Or is, or is law the more uncommon, the more abstract, the more, yeah, yeah, the more esoteric type stuff. Yes, better word, oh. esoteric. I I think that is. Uh, I shall make a quick note of that. I think that's that's absolutely what it should be, shouldn't it? Yeah, so uh, faced with a fantastical beast, for example, that you've never encountered before, I guess it would be education to see whether or not, uh, you know, have, have I ever heard of this thing? But law might be, you know, well, I'm looking at this thing with a blooming big spike on the back of its tail. I think it might be poisonous, you know, whether that's a, an adequate explanation. Does that work? Mm. We'll see. We m- may need to rename stuff. Mm. What, of course, I should be doing is... Uh, yeah. I mean, is education a thing in fantasy? It's not like in terms of the tropes, you know. Law, definitely. I'm not sure about education. I don't, yeah. know. I don't want to criticise, though. <laughs> well, no, that's it. It's entirely the point of it, though. Yeah, I, I, and genuinely, I'm I'm absolutely not precious about it. But I will block you. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be sitting on my own next Friday evening. Am I? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so academic skills in Pathfinder and D and D aren't there? I guess all the histories yeah, and yeah. Um, various things. Yeah, yeah. But isn't that law? That's law, though, isn't it? I thought it's separate. I think they have cover it's called. Now. Is it a cult or something? Kind of magical knowledge, and then they have mm-hmm. history and and nature yeah. and everything yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So this this is interesting. This is a distinction from liminal. Your education skill is a combination of formal education and your knowledge of the world's culture, politics, and history. It's to an extent how well read you are. The education skill represents knowledge of the everyday world in much the same way that the law skill is the knowledge of the hidden world. So, uh, and then it comes on to say law. The law skill measures your knowledge of the hidden magical side of the world. Those native to the hidden world and mortals who have had extensive contact, as well as magicians and students of the occult, have the law skill. I think that's put it down to sort of science and uh, and mysticism, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah, factual and fantasy, maybe. But but even in the context of a sort of fantasy setting, you can imagine something like education doesn't necessarily mean the book learning. So it's how are we going to get across this gap? How are we, um, you know, basic physics, basic sort of country law? How how can I fix this thing? Yeah, Hmm. yeah, good. Like that cultural knowledge or something instead, call it. Or, yeah, yeah. It's it it it's like we're growing, mm. uh, and the game is evolving. Okay, so so you've got. The, I'm assuming you have those points then to spend. Yeah. Has have, have you all spent them or are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm done. I'm yes. Okay. Spent. Yeah. Okay, so I'm so I'm interested. So so at this stage, then the, the other bits which which are sort of below that are obviously then once we've got through the skills, we've got equipment, background, money. Uh, so we'll do those before we then come back to sort of have, a, have a think about the whether it's worked, whether you've got what you wanted. So on money, now if you remember, what we said was we would go with credit rating, which I think in the end was Wayne's. Uh, Wayne's suggestion, wasn't it, from from um, 
uh, from Call of Cthulhu, yeah. So uh, what, what I've decided to do in terms of allocating an initial starting amount of money is 50 plus 100 times your credit rating. Mm. So if, for example, you put money into credit rating so the types when you when you may be asked for a credit rating check is does somebody trust you uh to uh to pay a bill or you know can you impress somebody to give you a better room at the hotel uh might be those sorts of things that credit rating get used for mm. uh so your your money would be a maximum i guess of 250 and it, I, i've just gone for silver pieces at the moment rather than go right hardcore down the uh, the gold piece route mm. uh, and then so you've got money and and then there are two tabs on the on the actual overall spreadsheet one is for gear and one is weapons and armor and so on so mm. uh but going to the next batch of boxes below that you've got experience and uh, advances excuse me and uh, it's the experience system again, again from Liminal, but it's the experience system from Liminal. So you have to get five experience points to get one advance. So it does take a little bit of time to, to sort of accrue. Mm-hmm. And you've got drama points, and it says there in the box, obviously, start with five. Mm-hmm. So you have five. And then you have below that, you'll have weapons, and oh, I can't talk about damage and so on. And then on the right-hand side of that, you've got armor. Mm-hmm. Now, now, what we can do, which which has worked quite well, and we've got the combat system, is from Merp, or it, well, it's actually it's not the combat system from Merp. It is the critical hit tables from Merp, really. Oh. Um, but what we will be using is the location dice of Conan, oh. and and that's where things like armor and so on will become sort of useful. And then below that, you've got uh, stress. And, and stress is a calculation that's already been made, which is, I think, five plus mm. twice your uh, stamina and twice your athleticism. Mm-hmm. And, and stress is all the damage that you can take before you then start taking harm. And, you know, I, I know, I know, Matt, you're a sort of big fan of 2d20 rules anyway, aren't you? So once your stress is gone, so that's your yeah. fund of damage that you can take it then goes down as harms. It, you, you, you start taking injuries. When you get to five, you're dead. Okay. Five harms and you're dead. It, it, will become, it will become self-explanatory, I promise. Any kind of death spiral with the harms increasing, Dave? Or are you kind of functioning okay until you get to the, the five? Um, I, I, for somebody who who enjoys a good critical hit table via Merp, it seems a bit odd of me to say I don't really want to put too much crunch in it. Yeah. But I think what we should do is we should we should say because if it seems like it's just too easy to die, then maybe we'll have to do something like that. Yeah, maybe or or it's you know or it's not easy enough to kill things and you know vice versa. So. But let's see how it goes in play. In, in play, I think it should be quite interesting. So again, there at the end. But as you see, there's a box next to that again that says "recover all" at the end of the scene. So mm. as in Conan, at the end of the scene, you get all your stress back, but you don't get those harms back. Mm. But you can be cured by medicine and time. Okay, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes. Our druid friend as well. Pardon me, sorry. And hopefully our druid friend as well. And the druid, oh, but then anybody should be able to do. Anybody can make a medicine check, a medicine yeah. heal check. That's okay. Mm. It just gets you one point back. Anyway, so we'll, we'll cover those off in the uh, when we get there. So where you've got the other two tabs, can you see the gear tab? 
Uh-huh. So it wasn't something we actually expressly sort of talked about. But all I've done is I've lifted this, and I hope you won't mind, straight out of uh, OSE. So, of course, we actually have the D&D rules for gear. <laughs> had to get in there at some stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then similarly, I've done the same with I've, – I've adjusted some of the, the damage ratios, but uh, – but I've also nicked the stuff from um, OSE again for weapons, armor, and mm. obviously then damages and so on. Nice. So, Mark, go on. So, I, I was, yeah, just going to say that. So, there's no encumbrance for armor in mm, this? No. No, because I'm going to say if, if you can wear it and you're used to it, then fine. I think, again, if we start putting in. Encumbrances, I think it stops that sort of slightly more cinematic action. Does that make sense? Sure. Yep. Yep. We we did we did I think we debated sort of you know things like action in the tactical environment. Do we want to use encumbrance? Well, again, I don't know. It's sort of rule of cool, I guess. Really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Happy. Okay. Matt, you can say something. Yeah. So I guess my first thought, and I always said I'll just get a, a staff and a lantern, and I'm all good, but. Can I put chainmail on? Can I get a massive sword? Yeah, do you know, I, I see again, I've never really understood this idea of, you know, if you've got metal, wearing metal, you can't have. I mean, there aren't that many spellcasters who do have it. And I'm, yeah, I'm quite I'm quite relaxed about it, to be honest. Was it? Well, what does everybody else think? If, 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 madness. <laughs> if, if magic is universal. <laughs> so definitely for it, then. <laughs> <laughs> what is this madness wizards with armor? Uh, go on, Mark. <laughs> Mark, you're going to say. I, I was just going to say, if magic is universal, then I don't really see it, because then it's just it's just a concentration. It's just a yeah. specialization towards magic. It's not, yeah. it's not something exclusive otherwise i'm not yeah. going to get well i'm not going to get to cast any spells anyway but um... see i see I, I was thinking when i was sort of I, did, I, I kind of pondered it and then thought no that's too hard move on but i was thinking i was thinking about the nazgul because i think that did they use did they use magic or was it you know that they were particularly yeah, they did. terrifying they did. Oh, yeah. yeah well he's always been depicted and i don't i can't i couldn't remember what it was like in in the books whether they had mail on I, i've got a feeling they had mm. armor on but they were just black riders weren't they mm. so uh, i was kind of thinking well it isn't like well elric is another one you know, there aren't yeah. there are exceptions mm. but then you get the other thing which is if you've got a magic sword but metal is antithetical to magic well how the hell does that work yeah. So I'm, I'm. I don't think I'm it's. An, I don't think it's antithetical. I think it's. It's about like in D and D talks about it restricts your movement, and that, and uh, you know what what you need to do to because as a magic user in D and D you've spent all your time studying books and experimenting in the yeah. in the laboratory. You've not been training in armor like yeah. warriors have, and I think that's. I mean, I think it's fine. I I, I guess one thing you could do is. It, if you've got that penalty system, so you could say, you know, you might be okay with leather armor and you could cast uh, a spell, you know, target eight and then heavier armor makes it harder. Uh, so the target number goes up. So then you've got a choice then. Yeah. Uh, and, and that would work then with your example of the Nazgul because they're, they're, they're so badass. Yeah, they can they can still wear chainmail and easily cast whatever spells they want. Yeah, you know, again, 
I guess it's, it'll be one of these things where if, if there's no sense of if there's no sense of danger and there's no sort of sense of limitation, then we probably wouldn't be playing it right. It, it would just become mm. a bit mundane, really, won't it? It'd be how long is it mm. until we fulfil the quest? Yeah. So I, I guess if if there are going to be things, but you you don't you I can't see the magic users becoming really powerful until you've been playing this for a long time. Mm. I think you'd have to go through two or three iterations of raising the cap on the skill system before you can then start to say, well, now you're just overpowered and you're in plate mail. Yeah, you're just impossible. Yeah, but also having that, that limitation idea for the armor, you know, I don't know, depending on how heavy it is or how much you wear or whatever, you know, makes the target number a little bit harder, but also revert, working the reverse in that it explain why very martial heavy people don't tend to use magic because you know because of all the stuff they're wearing and all that you know and it's not something they specialized in yeah. yeah they can do it but in armor they've got next to, to no chance it's, uh, it's yeah not I mean, you could say by having to have freedom of movement maybe you've got to be able mm -hmm. to cast yeah yeah, I think from what I've, I think Ars Magica did it both stamina and impact. So I think magic tires you out and wearing armor tires you out. So the combination was was possible, as Mark said, but it wasn't yeah. always that great to do your primary activity. So you got yeah. wearied very quickly. Yeah, I think again from from very early on, it was sort of like the definite need to steer away from adding crunch. Mm. I don't know whether that's a, an age thing. Mike, are you you sort of happy with that or? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Mm. So, mm. where did that? We're going to just let, allow free rail armor for now, or, or yeah, just, I, yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you'll only have sort of, uh, you'll only have soak. So, when somebody does you damage, so for example, if you are hit with a sword which does one d eight of damage, mm -hmm. you and and let's say we roll the the location dice, excuse me, uh, and it comes up torso and you've got leather armor on, two points of that 1d8 damage is negated. Okay. So that's how you, you know, so, and, and clearly then it all comes off your uh, stress until you then get down to below whatever that stress level is, and then you start taking harms. Okay. And have you rolled in, like, strength bonus? You don't get a strength bonus because strength was already the to hit effectively. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think um, again. You know, we'd, we'd end up having. I mean, we might we might want to review that. I think it, I, I think combat's going to be deadly enough without adding. Uh, well, sorry, sorry. I anticipate it will be deadly enough. The thing is, of course, to hit to get to to have a hit on a critical table, you have to get five more than the target number. And that's a critical. So you would essentially have a total of 13 at an eight. There will be certain situational modifiers where I think you ought to be penalised. And interestingly enough, there was one that was quite, quite, uh, I saw yesterday, and it's um, a primeval fantasy who, who is doing a similar thing. He's sort of trying to build a, 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 oh, yeah. a game. And he said, what I think actually, Neil, you were involved in that as well, weren't you? Which is about that terror and fear mechanic how would you do that yeah so i, I think that, um, there may be may need some work around those mm. kind of things as, as penalties to hit and so on mm. okay so uh so everybody everybody okay so far have we got uh yeah so skill points? We, we can do we can do kit 
So gear and weapons and armor and everything else. If you could do that before, before mm. we all get together next week and you know and and spend your money and anything that doesn't appear on that list that you, you know you, mm. you feel you'd like to have, then stick it in there. And you know, again, it would be more fun if it's uh, mm. if it's all uh, all all sort of um, yeah. to make your character your character. Yeah. Yeah. So apologies, yeah. just quickly jumping back to that terror fear idea. Oh, yeah. If you wanted to bring something like that in, again, <laughs> a bit biased here, but you know, Savage Worlds has a sort of system for that. So, and it's well, relatively straightforward. It's in, in, in fact, actually, I think I think Savage World does that sort of effects bit really quite well. Um, in in the way that it handles it. So I think that may well be something we look at. There will be a couple of instances in the scenario that will be uh, where that may uh, that may cause an effect. But I guess it was it would be a check against yeah, so something. But it, the the effects I think that they do. You're absolutely right. I think it is it is very good. So Savage Worlds. Should we take a quick vote on that? Savage Worlds for the effects. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, I'm voting for Merp. Yeah, no, it's, it's it's good. So that may be another thing, another area that we need to to, to examine out of that. Okay, so yeah, because it's also called a Cthulhu to consider, isn't there? With the sanity, that's yeah. a very similar. Yeah, if you can have a quick look at uh, if and if everybody can 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 go on the various tabs. Mm. So Neil, if we start with you, so you've gone for this sort of warrior ranger type. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So are, are you happy with the way that that's worked? Do you think it is going to be a sort of a warrior ranger type? Yeah, Do you want to just yeah. talk, talk us through some of your choices that you okay. made? Yeah, so uh, so I had a uh, four physical, four social, two mental. So that gave me eight eight and four in, in uh, to spend. Um, so I, I won't go through all of them, but, but the main ones I've gone for in, in, in physical is ranged and yeah. survival. put two points into each of those. Yeah. Um, I tweak them ever so slightly, but um, social, I've gone for awe and empathy and inspire. Yeah. And then in, in the mental stuff, I've primarily gone for awareness. Um, yeah. So I think it looks um, quite interesting because it's obviously a one point difference on 2d6 is significant, isn't it? So yeah. you, do, you do need to think carefully about where you're putting your, your points. Yeah. Um, in terms of everything else uh, I think the um, so I, I didn't put anything into credit rating so that only gives me 50 silvers which mm. is not a lot uh, yeah. I, I mean I, I can buy a longbow and a dagger <laughs> and I'm like you know so, so I'm a little bit I, I'm a little bit uh, okay <clears throat> so so do we do we need to do we need to up that base do you think in terms of money yeah it's how to do that and still make credit rate the same. Like, yeah, it's it's useful. Well, because uh, yeah, I guess what you could then do is you, you the way the way that we were going to use it was uh, when you're in the scenario, it becomes a little bit more um, kind of. So if you went to the armorer, hmm. you know, you could either try and charm him, I guess. Or you could, you know, try and do some sort of deal with him using your wits-based skills. Or you can make a roll against credit rating, and then he would afford you, you know, some sort of credit. Okay. So I, I, I guess it, it could sort of bring up some, um, 
Somebody's, I think because of, because of the way that the, the, the scenario starts in this particular instance, mm. it's in media res. We mm. might want to say, okay, as a warrior, a little bit like they do with dragon warriors, funny enough, as a warrior, you start with at least leather armor. Mm-hmm. As a as a rogue, you start with at least I don't know a dagger and a short sword, maybe, or perhaps a crossbow. So that that might be worthwhile figuring out. So I think mm. for the purposes of for the purposes of the scenario, I'd, I'd have some have some armor. Okay. Yeah. So so don't, don't again don't worry too much about that. I'm I'm, I'm pre- again I'm probably being a bit too relaxed, but it's let's do the base to about seventy five plus the two stats. Yeah. I think that would mm. kit most people out with a weapon, some really basic armor, mm. and you know things like you know water skins and all that, without them being able to afford anything flamboyant. Yeah, uh, because yeah, I've got the same. I've got a zero credit rating because of sort of what I was thinking of doing. That's not such a, a big one for me, but yeah. I mean, I still managed to wangle a short bow, basic leather armor, a dagger, a rope, <laughs> and I think a wine skin or. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just enough to get by. <laughs> then you'll be so drunk you you'll have your leather beard jacket. Well, the water on. skin, <laughs> should I say? <laughs> I, c- I couldn't afford the wine to go in it. <laughs> Biggie. Okay, so uh, Mark W. Then uh, what about you? So you again? You went for a warrior. Yes. Do you want to just talk us through your sort of skill choices and things like that? Um, so I got lucky with the rolls: a six, a four, and then a two. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had. So <laughs> physical was really easy because <laughs> six yeah. is just two, 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 no problem. Um, I was going for a straight up tank build. Yeah. Um, but I still put two points in charisma because. You, know. <laughs> you have to, you have to strut when you're it's, slaughtering it's, things. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's no reason why you can't look good while you're doing it. That's all I'm saying. Uh, um <laughs> And then mental, well, mental was where you had to make decisions because there's only two mm. points. So perception, because it's a warrior thing, you've got to be aware of your surroundings, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Um, and then wits. Wits and intelligence is a bit like education and law at this point, but it's still a yeah. it's thinly sliced salami. I'm not. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. So the, the, the actual, uh, so the attributes came from Vampire the Masquerade. And I think they they make the distinction of and and they do make that sort of distinction about it being you know what you what you know and how you process information to cunning I guess to an extent. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's yeah it's that sort of um, how you process information versus cunning. Yeah, good. Okay, and then then any but, skills? But given Sorry, that go- I was given that I was on a kind of um, min max break the system thing, then. I just put it into wits because there were three things that had wits associated with them and only <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, things good. that had intersociated with them. No, absolutely. Um, and it, is, it is the way it will work. You know, people people will be able to do that. So why, why would you not? Yeah, go on. Uh, yeah, so in the mental skills then, again, I put two points into awareness and one in medicine because I like to know when things are going to hit me and if they hit me, I need to fix myself. Yeah. <laughs> again, all I did with the physical skills where you end up with 12, so... You can put two into everything and skip one. Yeah. So naturally, you skip stealth. <laughs> yeah, good. Um, and at this point, uh, yeah, and in social, I got a little bit pompous and thought, well, um, a little bit of high society because 
sometimes you don't have to knock a door down or pick a lock. You can have a door open for you. Mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, and so therefore I put zero into streetwise because, you know, and then just ones into everything else. So it's good. So, so really your, your sort of tank is kind of developing into almost like some sort of lordly type person yes. perhaps yeah that that sort of yeah oh. but but only one credit rate <laughs> yeah yeah so you're you're landless okay good brilliant okay so then uh matthew how did you how did you go on matt yeah um so i rolled uh four on the d6 for mental uh three on the d4 for social and then you kind of gave me the reroll for the physical so a two on the d3 for that um so yeah for mental i put the two in in wits given that drives the magic skill roles then a one in perception intelligence um social i've got a two in manipulation one in charisma zero in appearance and then i wasn't quite sure what to do for um physical i was initially going to stick it all in dexterity in a sense that might help me with my armor class type of equivalent but looking further down a character sheet i realized that defense went off strength so i ended up putting a point in strength and a point in dexterity mm -hmm. for my physical just so i had well, maybe it might help me slightly parry the odd thing yeah um and then yeah breaking down the skills um, so you had eight points of mental skills so i put the maximum in, in magic and law given what you told us told us earlier mm -hmm. and then put a uh, sort of one in most other things and one in medicine education conviction and awareness and left crafting at zero um social skills i've had a bit hard um not yeah. quite knowing what what the distinction were between all of them but because i got appearance of zero i kind of left those largely at zero except high society and inspire at kind of base and then put some points in or credit rating empathy rhetoric and streetwise and then for physical, yeah, I hadn't got many points to spend at all. So I put the two in defence, the reasons I've just said, to give me the, the, the occasional <laughs> chance of blocking something. Yep. And um, because I got that point of strength, I was a bit committed to the melee route. So I put a point in melee and then a point in stealth in case I have to okay. run away and hide. Yeah. Oh, it's interesting. Now, now that you sort of look at it, the, yeah. the rogue gets um, the sort of social skills. The I think we probably need to monkey around with that a little bit yeah. because they're all on the side of sort of, of like charm and stuff, right. uh, you know, streetwise rhetoric, high society. There's not nothing in there that sort of screams, you know, cunning or, uh, yeah. yeah, maybe, maybe I'm a bit wrong. I don't know whether that's, or when the could... road gets D4s across the board or something like that. So they yeah. get, I'm I'm wondering whether you you use you lose rather something like or, which is a little bit difficult to explain. I think at times, although you know they do a manful job in in a couple of the systems. Could, could you put or and inspire because they're kind of two sides of the they're fairly similar. Same coin. They? They're like they yeah. get they get the same ultimately aim to get the, a similar kind of outcome. Yeah. Um. You know to to um. I guess to terrify or to you know motivate people, okay. and I think I think what is missing there, I guess, is is something like um, maybe I'm, maybe it is there. I'm not seeing it. Is is kind of thief skills or you know that kind of coming? Uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. so when you've yeah. got you've got manipulation as as a attribute or yep. um, but you know. If you wanted to pick a lock, what would you be using, for example? Yeah. yeah. Good point. Okay. Okay. Uh, good. Like that. Uh, 
Mike. Uh, yeah, so I, I did max out on my die rolls. So I got four for physical, six for social, and three for mental. So okay. uh, stamina and strength got a point each. Dexterity got two. And you're you're very much going for this sort of swashbuckler, weren't you? Yeah. I so I think actually I think we will probably change either or or inspire. And I wonder whether actually it would be inspire that we change to cunning. Okay, so we'll, I, I will change one of those, but I'll, I'll make it apparent yeah. before yeah. Uh, before we go. Okay. So say you changed or and inspire to something like influence or something like that. Surely cunning should be. Um... <laughs> related to manipulation rather than appearance. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it. I think it probably is. So that should be. Sorry, I'm, I'm feeling this on the microphone rather than the mastered thing. So I think, I think it is, or becomes cunning, and inspire. What was it you said? Influence. Influence. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Good. Like that. You may want to then play around with. Uh, with your allocations again, but um, let, let's 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 try it. So cunning, or becomes cunning, and app become uh, and, and sorry influence then takes over from both both the two inspire and uh, yeah good okay like that. So sorry, Mike, is that going to change the way that? Um... No, I think it'll be the same because it, it's quite a lot of points to to spend. So with my physical skills, I put athletics two, um, melee two, everything else was one apart from stealth because I. I thought if he was a fop, you'd probably see him coming a mile off anyway. So, uh... <laughs> okay. Well, the bells on his coats would be. Yeah. <laughs> his flouncy shirt yeah. will be vibrating in the wind. Yeah. Okay. But you, you overall, though, happy that you've got yeah. kind of. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. So, uh, Mark. Mark, uh, what, yes, how sorry. did you go? So, you went for the sort of the idea of a, a druid. Yeah, so I rolled um, three, four, and five. <laughs> uh, so mental's five, social's four, physical's three. And I tried to pick skills and abilities that sort of mirrored my thoughts on, you know, what the character was going to be. So Druid's just sort of a, a catch-all, really, you know, sort of a spellcaster yeah. who's more, a, a, you know, has more affinity to nature, yeah. So, um, yeah, I had quite a lot of points to play with. So for mental, um, I had five points. So yeah, I put two in wits, two in intelligence, one in perception. Yeah. Uh, social, um, charisma one, appearance one, and manipulation two. Um, and that'll sort of become a bit more apparent when I get to this, the, the skills. And then physical, uh, I've gone one stamina and two dexterity. Okay. Dexterity, because I was feeling, you know, outdoors, you know, armor and all that sort of stuff. It would make more sense than strength. Um, certainly with the magic aspect as well. Yeah. Uh, so skills-wise, um, I didn't realise the doubling up. <laughs> so, uh, you know, of, of uh, skills and uh, char characteristics, so I've, I've, I've effectively min-maxed min here accidentally. So, um, so for mental skills, I've got awareness one, conviction two, education one, law two, medicine two, science to crafting zero so i might look at redoing that if crafting yeah. is can be used in conjunction with magic to craft like you know little totems and that sort of thing yeah yeah um social skills again i have to rejig a little bit now all's become cunning 
because <laughs> okay. I know I'm too incoming and that's not really where I was going. Um, credit rating is zero, empathy of two, rhetoric of two, streetwise and high society of nothing can inspire of two. Because mm-hmm. I was sort of thinking, that, you know, I was thinking, you know, with the aura and inspire them being sort of this, uh, well, look at the picture, <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> them being this sort of influential bumbling, you know, well, not bumbling's the wrong word, but you know what I mean. Is, um, is, is there the merest hint of bombardil? Yeah, 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 there is. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I only mm. picked that to, to wind you up. <laughs> Thank you and so then, much. And then physical skills. I just went athletics one, ranged one, stealth one, survival one, animal handling two, because I thought survival and animal handling are important for the, you know, the concept. And stealth, probably, you know, if you're in the wild a lot, you probably want to be able to move around, sort, you know, some sort of level of stealth. Like and uh, I just had a little bit to drama points, which you can feel free to just have a quick read of, and I'll let you decide. Ah, okay. I just thought it'd be amusing. Uh, we'll <laughs> Will a five-minute diet? No, okay. <laughs> okay, good. Listen, uh, I've 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 taken all your time up. I think, guys. Listen, uh, how did how did it sort of feel? Does it feel pretty quick? Okay, yeah. broadly yeah, speaking, I thought. Come no, come no, out it is with quick. Bigger. Yeah. Okay. Quick and intuitive, pretty much. Yeah, I think it's good. I think it's really good. I mean, one thought with one one dice per sort of attribute group is a, is a little bit swingy, I guess, Dave. You could yeah. see quite a big range there. So, but you'd have to re-roll on a one, which is pretty generous. So, yeah. yeah. But, you know, again, I think if, if you make it too sort of prescriptive, then it takes the fun away, doesn't it? So, I want everybody to be able to do yeah. fantasy things. It's might cool. be a bit, might be a bit different when we get on to a modern day game for the Frankenstein's RPG. <laughs> but listen, uh, thank you ever so much. So the scenario that we're doing is, as you quite rightly pointed out on the chat, is a thirteenth age scenario, which was a bit of a surprise and I think a little bit, uh, a little bit unfair of uh, Dirk the Dice to slip that one in. But there we are. <laughs> oh, what a bastard! Eh? <laughs> <laughs> but it, it would be good. I, I have had to sort of. Uh, play around with a few bits and pieces and i have i i don't generally speaking do figures and we'll see how the sort of the tactical environment works but i have got these uh sheets oh we can't see them sheets of sort of cut out counters uh, which i bought off uh, a local little business so they have things like you know little axes and other oh, things cool. burnt into them so yeah it'd be brilliant uh, we can play around with those as well. All right, so we'll be able to do some maps and things like that. We're going to have some floor plans, so it should be good fun. Yeah, look forward to it, Dave. Thank you. And Very I'm really, good. apart from anything else, I'm really looking forward to seeing everybody face to face again, which yeah, will be, be which great. will be fantastic. So, yeah, again, thank you very much indeed, guys, and uh, I will see you on uh, on uh, Friday next Friday. week. Yeah, yeah. today. Look forward yeah. to it. Yeah, blimey, it's be great. Brilliant. Thanks, guys. Good evening, Thanks. everybody. See uh, you. Yeah. So, there you have it. That was episode 12. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks again to Mark, Mark, Mike, Matt, Neil. <laughs> again, try saying that quickly. We are getting closer to starting. It's quite exciting, really. <laughs> Next up will be a bumper crossover with the Grognard Files at Grogmeet up in greatest city of the world, Manchester, in uh, November. In fact, in a week's time. Happy days. I uh, cannot tell you how excited I am for that. It's uh, it's really like Christmas Eve, so uh, yeah, lots of lots of fun to be had. 
If you wanted to uh, leave us a message at Anchor, please do. We are Frankenstein's RPG. Uh, and we're also on Twitter at Frankenstein RPG. Uh, and happy to take any feedback and contributions on uh, on the next uh, episode's topics, which may well be science fiction. Mm. <laughs> All getting very excited now, and uh, thank you. Take care, and uh, hopefully see some of you very soon. Against the wind.